My name is Carlin Borisenko, and you are listening to the Actively Unwoke podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what I believe needs to happen in order to end the woke cultural revolution that we're existing in today in the country. And this is purely from a change management perspective. I'm an industrial organizational psychologist. I come from the background of being able to change systems within organizations in order to be able to drive the organization forward, increase productivity, increase team cohesion, all that stuff. And there is a very basic change management process that needs to be undertaken any time you are trying to implement and execute large-scale change within a social system. That's true of smaller organizations, like a a smaller, medium-sized business. It's true of a large corporation that maybe has thousands and thousands of employees. And yes, that's true of the country at large, because these are all just social systems driven by the people within those systems. And so in order to exact change within those systems, we need to use tactics in order to influence people to move in the direction we want them to go in, not through force, not because you're going to beat them with a stick if they don't, but because they decide they want to move in that direction. That is really the only way you can create lasting change is by influencing people oftentimes at an emotional level, to move in the direction you want them to move in. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to read an article that I have posted over at carlin.substack.com. That's K-A-R-L-Y-N.substack.com. And it's called What We Must Do to End the Woke Cultural Revolution. This is Change Management 101. I'm going to be reading the article. And I'm going to do a little additional commentary because you're listening to the podcast. If you wanted to just read the article, you could just read the article. But I'll give you a couple little extras because you're listening to the podcast. Now, before we jump into it, I do want to let you guys know that I have recently added the podcast archives to ActivelyUnwoke.com. And so if you go to ActivelyUnwoke.com and go over to podcast, it's right up in the menu. But you can also just go to ActivelyUnwoke.com slash podcast. Not only are you going to be able to find Some of the places that you can subscribe to this podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I'm also in a lot of other major podcasting providers. There are just like 8 billion podcasting providers. So I'm only listing a couple of them, but chances are if you are using another service, I'm probably on there. Just, you know, look it up in whatever service you're using. And if I'm not, let me know. Send me a message and I will try to get added to it. But in addition to the links for the major podcast providers, you're also going to find the archives of every single show I've done so far. This is only show 11. And you're also going to be able to find ways that you can get involved and sponsor the show and support this content. You know, I do put this content out there for free and I'm more than happy to do it. But if you would like to support the work I'm doing, you can find ways to do that over at activelyunwoke.com slash podcast. And hey, I might even mention your product service, whatever you want me to shill for you on the podcast. Well, within reason, of course, um, if you want to support the work I'm doing, because that's what makes it all possible. And I really, really appreciate it. All right, let's jump into our article for today. In order to defeat the woke cultural revolution we're currently in, we need to literally change culture. So let's talk about change management. Effective change management requires three distinct phases. Number one, craft a vision. Number two, build alignment. And number three, champion execution. 
crafting a vision is about developing a really clear picture of what you want. Many people make the mistake of focusing on their pain point. They identify what they don't want. But knowing what you don't want is not the same thing as knowing what you do want. Now, I'm going to break from the article here for a minute to pop in and say that this is a really common mistake that human beings make in general. It's very easy to focus on the things that are causing us pain, the things that are causing us stress, and to have that be the indicator of, I just need this problem to leave my life. I don't want to deal with this anymore. But the mistake that a lot of people make is that they don't then take the next step to say, okay, if I don't want X, what do I want? to replace X, okay? So in order to get people on your side in the visioning phase, so we're talking about phase one right now, crafting a vision, you need to create a vision. You need to actually create an idealized state that you can sell to people, for lack of a better word. I hate to use the word sell because this isn't like a PR endeavor. Well, okay, sometimes it is. But When I say sell, I mean you are presenting something that people have the option to say, yes, I agree with this and I want to help you achieve this, or no, I do not agree with this and I don't want to help you achieve it. That's what I mean when I say sell. You cannot present a vision for, I want to get to this state. And in the case of the woke cultural revolution, I would say that the state that we are striving for is a society based on color and difference, individualism, and meritocracy. That's my vision, you may or may not agree with that vision. But it's not the same thing as saying, I just hate woke culture and I just want to get rid of woke culture. Okay, so you get rid of woke culture. What are you going to replace it with? You know, I've talked previously on this podcast about how we cannot fix the public schools. We can't fix them. And the reason that we can't fix them is a staffing problem. Say we take every single woke teacher out of the public schools tomorrow. Who are we going to replace them with? That staffing pool doesn't exist because it's the colleges of education that are creating the staffing pool. It is the teacher licensing boards in every single state that's creating the staffing pools. And those two organizations are completely woke at this point. Teacher licensure in some states, not all, but some states, and Illinois is the very worst state of all, they actually require ongoing woke training as a part of maintaining your teacher licensure. So if they don't get you in college, they're going to get you in the training. They're going to get you one way or the other. And so what that means is that it's not enough to say, I don't want any more woke teachers in schools because we don't have anything to replace them with. (laughs) There is, there, it is a non-existent staffing pool and that's why the public schools can't be saved. And that's why it's so important to say, here is what I want to create. I want to create a world in which we have a giant staffing pool of of unwoke teachers, of people that don't buy into this nonsense at all, that are not going to teach your kids racism, that are not going to groom your kids, that are not going to convince your kids that they're trans when they're not. You have to create that positive vision. People aren't attracted to a negative vision. They are attracted to a positive vision. A negative vision is about tearing something down. I want to destroy woke culture. A positive vision is about building something up. It is inherently more inspiring to build something up than it is to tear something down. All right, let's go back to the article. So it's not enough to say we hate cancel culture. 
we'd have to say we want a culture that allows individuals to express and debate ideas openly. It's not enough to say we hate critical race theory. We'd have to say we want a color indifferent world based on individualism and meritocracy. Once you know what you want, you have to get other people to buy into your vision. And this is the phase that most people skip over when it comes to change management. And they do so because it's really boring. It means you have to talk to a lot of people over and over and over again. Gaining buy-in to a vision is hard and requires a lot of time. About 60% of your total time should be spent in this area. Most change initiatives fail because people do not take the time required to talk to people enough to get them truly on board. All right, I'm going to break out of the article again and provide you a little bit of extra context for this. I cannot emphasize how important it is to spend a lot of time in the building alignment stage of a change management process. And this is usually the biggest problem that takes place in this is that the individual who wants to drive the change is projecting their own perception onto other people. So let's say you as an individual, you understand the woke problem. You're listening to podcasts like this, so you're probably a little bit more nerdy about it than most. If we're honest, that's not an insult. That's just reality. You understand the problem. You understand what's driving it. You probably have listened to James Lindsay's four-hour podcast on Marcuse. Like, you're one of those people. Just because you're one of those people does not mean that your friends and your family are also one of those people. It does not mean they've spent the time to learn it. It does not mean they've spent the time to understand it. It does not mean they've listened to James Lindsay's four-hour podcast on Marcuse. We have to meet people where they are. We cannot force people to consume the same type of information and do the same type of analysis that we have done through sheer willpower. We cannot force people to do it. Instead, what we need to do is talk to them. We need to bring them along. We need to make them as excited about creating a new reality as we are. You know, my friend Joshua once gave me this example. He said, Carlin, say say I, you know, Joshua lives in Los Angeles, so you'll have to forgive him. This is the example that he chose. He said, Carlin, say on Monday, I decide that this weekend I want to go to a Dodger game and I want to sit in the stands and eat a Dodger dog and go to the game. And I start thinking about this on Monday and I'm kind of excited about the idea, but I wake up on Tuesday and oh my gosh, I'm even more excited about going to the baseball game. I'm even thinking about buying a jersey or a hat or any of these things. On Wednesday, we're halfway through the week. I can start to see the stadium in my eye. I know that I'm almost there. On Thursday, I'm really revved up about it. Two more days counting down. I'm, I'm just, I've got my tickets. I'm ready to go. On Friday, I invite you. You don't really like baseball. You haven't been thinking about going to the Dodger game all week like I have. I've been thinking about this the past four or five days. I've been revving myself up for this moment for the past four or five days. And then I spring this on you on Friday. And you're not really excited about going to the Dodger game because you don't like baseball. You don't like hot dogs. You don't like wearing hats. Like maybe you think it'd be fun to hang out, but you're not as excited about the game as I am. And that's my fault. 
because I got myself all excited about it and I just assumed you were going to be just as excited about it when I sprung it on you the day before the game when you hadn't had an entire week to get excited about it. And no one did, did anything wrong in that example, by the way. There's nothing wrong with being excited about something. There's nothing wrong with looking into something. There's also nothing wrong with not thinking about something and not looking into it and, and not immediately having the reaction that someone else wants you to have. No one in this scenario has done anything wrong or bad or anything that should make them receive harsh judgment from others. That's not what is going on. The problem is that one person is in a very different place than another person. This is what building alignment is. If Joshua had really wanted me to be excited about going to the Dodger game, he should have started talking to me on Monday. And then he should have reminded me on Tuesday. And then he should have shown his excitement again to me on Wednesday and shown up every single part of the way to say, isn't this awesome? We're going to have a great time. You're just going to love it. I know baseball is not your thing, but just give it a try. We're going to get that hot dog. It's going to be the best thing that's ever happened. You've got to bring people along with you. And this is where most change management efforts fail because the people trying to drive the change don't spend enough time talking about the change and talking about their vision and talking about why it's better and getting other people excited about their vision. They just expect people to show up and be excited at the drop of a hat. That's not the way human beings work. And so if you're trying to drive change, you need to understand that one of the prices you're going to pay for trying to drive that change is that you're going to have to talk about that change a lot over and over and over and over and over again until you are blue in the face, until you are sick of talking about it, because that is what is required to bring other people along and get them just as excited about the change as you are. Do you have any idea? How many times I've had to explain what critical race theory is? Truly, we're, we're talking thousands of times. I have had to give the definition of critical race theory thousands of times. Critical race theory is an ideology founded in academia in the 1970s that says racism exists everywhere, in every person, in everything, in every interaction, and that the job of the critical theorist is to explore how, not if, how, Racism occurs in every single circumstance because racism is always assumed to have occurred. I have said that definition thousands of times. I don't do it for my health, folks. I don't do it because I like hearing myself talk. I don't do it because I'm really excited about that definition. If I never said to say that definition again in my life, I would be more than happy about that. I feel like I've said it enough. I've paid my dues. But I'm going to keep saying it because every single time I say it, I bring other people along. Every single time I say that definition, someone who has not heard that definition before hears it for the first time and is maybe able to go, oh, now I understand. Now I understand why this is bad. And it may sound like a broken record for the people who listen to a lot of my content because some of you have literally heard me say that definition hundreds and hundreds of times. And I apologize for that. But every single time I'm producing content, there are new people that are listening to it that have never heard that definition before, and they need to be brought along with it too. And that is just the cost we pay if we want to create real change. We have to say something over and over and over. It's kind of like a rock musician that, you know, I've often thought about. I'm watching a lot of uh, 
side note i'm watching a lot of like videos and concerts from the 90s right now because the 90s were a simpler time when there was way better music like way better music significantly better music than there is now <laughs> but um you know I, I was thinking the other night i was watching um so i was watching bush's set from woodstock 99 and i was thinking how many times has gavin rosdale sung glycerine or swallowed or machine head or come down or any of their hits how many times has gavin rosdale sung that song thousands thousands and thousands i'm sure that there are songs that gavin rosdale is like if i never sing glycerine again i would be okay with that but he does it every single day every single concert that he ever will play for the rest of his life he will sing that song because every single time he sings it he introduces new people to it and he introduces new people to his music and the, the moral of the story is that sometimes you've just got to bite the bullet and sing the song you are tired of singing and giving the definition that you are tired of giving because that's how creating cultural change works. You have to bring others along with you. All right, let's go back to the article. We also have another problem. We need to be able to explain the woke ideology easily and simply to others. A lot of people are playing language games right now, and while I have a great deal of respect for them, I do not think the language they are using makes it easy enough. It's not that people are dumb. It's not that they can't understand complicated language. Of course they can. The problem is that most people are really busy and very stressed out, and they really aren't focusing on what you're saying. It's a matter of attention. The woke ideology is really complex, and that's why if people aren't giving you their full attention because they're busy and distracted, you have to make it as easy as possible for them to understand. And ideally entertaining, so you can hold their attention and teach them more. I, I want to just stop for a second and emphasize this point enough. Most people are really busy and really stressed out and focused on themselves and their families and the things that they like to do. They are not focused on the woke ideology. They're not focused on learning this and living it and breathing it like some of us are. And let's be honest, those of us who are focused on living it and breathing it and teaching it are a little unhinged and crazy to begin with. Oh, I, I can admit it. I can admit that this is a crazy thing to spend your time doing. But what we have to understand in creating cultural change and bringing more people along is that the vast majority of people are very busy and very stressed out and people are inherently selfish. That's all people. We care about ourselves first and meeting our needs first. And if our needs aren't met, we probably are giving energy and attention to other people. And the reason we need to understand this is a lot of people are playing with these language games and they're spending time explaining these things in ways that are deeply, deeply complex. This is one of my criticisms with James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose's book, Cynical Theories. Listen, I read that book. I enjoyed that book. That is a weighty book. It is. They literally had to write a young adult version of that book, but it's not for young adults. It's for adults who are busy, who don't have the time to work their way through cynical theories. And I understand why they did it, because James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose are inherently academic, so I'm not insulting them. I'm not trying to, you know, have a put down or anything. I think that both their work is invaluable. But that book is difficult to understand. 
And in order to create the cultural revolution required to bring more people along, we have to make things easier to understand. Not because people are stupid. People aren't stupid. Well, some people are stupid. Most people are not stupid. But most people are busy. And they are stressed out. You know, I, I once worked on an article with someone who um, he got very deeply offended when I was trying to edit his work because he was using all these 50 cent words and he was basically trying to demonstrate how smart he was and how competent he was. And I told him, I was like, you don't need to use this language to prove to people how smart you are. People are going to know how smart you are based on the research in this article. But even more importantly than that, we are going to lose people in this article if you are making the language too complicated to understand. And this pissed him off. He said, you're just not smart enough to understand my language. Well, no, it wasn't that at all. It was that when you're writing for the average person and you are articulating a message that is important for that average person to understand, you need to speak in language that is going to be very simple and digestible. Not because people are stupid, for the most part. But because people are busy and because people are stressed and because people have their attention being pulled in 15 different directions at any given moment and they simply don't have the ability to focus and decipher all your 50 cent words that really you only put in there to feed your own ego to begin with, if you're being honest about it, you have to make it simple because that is what is going to get the attention of most people, at least the attention required for them to understand exactly and specifically what you're saying. All right, back to the article. We need more teachers. This is really important for people to understand because in order to turn back the woke cultural revolution, we need as many people teaching as possible. Everyone who understands it needs to teach it to as many people as they can. That's how we gain buy-in quickly. The more people you have effectively explaining it and teaching it to others, the more power we have. This is the key bottleneck in where we are, in where we are against the woke left. We do not have enough people teaching it in ways normies can understand. We need to create more teachers. I'm just going to jump in with one final point before we finish off the article and say that when I say a teacher, I'm not saying like in a school. I'm not saying like a public school teacher. I'm not saying like a college professor. Any person can be a teacher. You listening right now can be a teacher. You can teach your friends. You can teach your family. You can teach your dog. You can teach your grandma. You can teach your next door neighbor. Every single person can be a teacher. That's how I'm using the term, not in terms of a classroom or a formal training or any of that. Though, if you want to do that, that's fine, too. We need people doing that. But if you just want to sit down and have a conversation with the mom that lives across the street to say, are you really comfortable with what they're teaching our kids? And you want to explain why it's bad and where it comes from, then you're a teacher, too. And you're doing something that is just as important as a podcast or a training or a video or an article or any of those things. Sometimes it's those personal connections that actually mean the most. All right, let's finish off this article. Once a large enough percentage of people understand what the woke ideology is and is teaching that information effectively, 
effectively being the key word there. To those who don't understand, we're going to be able to slow things down. But not before. I don't know if we'll hit that point in my lifetime. I really don't. But if we do, it's pretty much downhill from there. It's just about execution. Building the institute, or excuse me, rebuilding the institutions that have been destroyed, establishing new norms, etc. I think we more or less have an idea of what we want, even though there are disagreements on some of the details. Whatever, those can be worked out later. But we do not have enough people aligned. We need to wake more people up. We need more teachers. It's all downhill from there. All right, that's the end of the article, but I just want to go back one more time and reiterate. The, the place we are stuck right now in the change management process of ending the woke cultural revolution is in the building alignment stage. Again, there are three distinct stages that need to be gone through when you're working on a change management process, crafting a vision, building alignment, and championing execution. Execution is the third stage. It's also the easiest stage because once you have that vision and everyone agrees to that vision and everyone has been built into alignment around that vision, those first two stages, then it's just a matter of doing what's required to achieve the vision. The execution is the hardest part. It's why I don't spend that much time on it in this article. Excuse me, the execution is the easiest part. Ooh, strike that, reverse it. The execution is the easiest part of this whole process. So you don't even really need to spend time on it. Where you need to spend most of your time is in building alignment around the vision that you created in the first step. And the building alignment stage is where we are currently experiencing the bottleneck. And in order to get through that stage, what we need to do is create more teachers to be out there teaching everyone in their lives that will listen about the woke ideology in an effective manner that those people can understand. And then you can create teachers out of those people so they can go and teach. We're talking about very large scale social change. In a small business, you maybe need a couple people to buy into your vision. In a medium-sized business, maybe you need like a dozen people and maybe a couple influencers, like people who are actually making decisions and controlling budget lines. We're talking about an entire country, folks. We need to get buy-in from millions and millions, tens of millions of people, hundreds of millions, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the critical mass is. And we're talking about an incredibly complex subject. And there are not enough people out there teaching the subject in a way that average people can understand. That's where the bottleneck is. And that's what we need to fix. And that's what I'm working on doing by building out ActivelyUnwoke.com to create trainings and resources that people can use not only to learn about the woke ideology in the very easiest way that I've figured out to talk about it, not only to learn themselves, but to be able to teach other people. All right, that's all I've got for right now. If you would like to learn more, you can head over to activelyunwoke.com. And again, remember, if you would like to support my work uh, via the podcast, you can head over to activelyunwoke.com slash podcast, and that will have opportunities for you to both support my work and also to become a sponsor of the show, if that's what you would like. And I would greatly appreciate it. I can't do it without you. So that's all I have for this time. We'll see you soon.